0: Hey there, before we get started, we want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Kuhau podcast. We hope it encourages you and draws you closer to Jesus as you listen. Let's get excited for this message and let's get ready to hear from God. Our series is called The Church Is, and when we talk about The Church Is, you know, a lot of us fill in that blank differently. And by the way, I got about 30 message, uh, thirty minutes to preach this message, so I'm going to preach a three-hour mes- message in 30 minutes, all right? How many, how many have faith in me? I don't see faith in your faith. Okay, okay, we got some people. We got some people that got faith in their pastor. Like, Pastor Rob, you'll walk on water before you do a 30-minute message. Well, I'm going to do a 30-minute message today, John. Because um, I heard John's voice say you can't do it. Um, but today we're, we're answering this question. The church is... And I think that throughout the years, so many of us had filled out the church is based upon our perspective and our experiences. And we think the church is about a building. Oftentimes, we will think that the church is about simply coming to a church service and filling in a seat and maybe filling out an envelope. And during the songs, we lift up our hands and we sing and we walk out. And so we might think that the church is simply a church service. Many many of us will fill in the blank differently. See, we spoke about Jesus is and we filled in the blank in eight weeks about who Jesus truly is so that we can have a proper perspective of who he in fact is. But I think now that we have a full understanding and a clear picture of who Jesus is, we can now define who His body and his bride is, which is the church. I think that many of us will look at this and say, the church is, and we'll fill in the blank. Uh, There's a rapper by the name of NF. He says, you know, the church is the place where I found God, but it's also the place where I learned how to judge people. See, everybody has an opinion and an understanding of what a church is. for many of us it represents something and in many ways we have lost the authentic meaning of what church is i want to tell you today that this series is not to inspire you to just come to church it's to motivate you to become the church see so many of us struggle with this understanding and when we begin to struggle with this understanding we will spend our lives simply attending and be spectators And many of us will never walk in our gifting and we'll never walk in our purpose and we will never walk in the totality of what God has for you simply because we don't know what the true definition of what the church is. Someone shout the church is. See, the church is, I want to give you the just the Greek original language. You might look at the church and you might say, well, what is the church? And let me just define it for you. The church is according to the original language is simply this it's the word ecclesia. everybody say ekklesia and it means a called out assembly a called out assembly that god has set you apart you've been wondering why you don't fit in where you are in in this place right now but it's because God has his hand on you. It's because God has called you out. It's because God has chosen you. It's because God has distinguished you out from the rest. He has called you out from your place of comfort. He has called you out from your place of the familiar past. And you're sitting there and you're wondering, why is it that I don't feel like I fit in here? And it's this, this reason. Because God has called you out. God has called you out out someone shout i am called out one of the most unique ways god has called us out might be the most important and that's what we're going to talk about today that he has called us out to be his bride he has called us out to be his bride and in the next four weeks we're going to be defining we're going to be filling in this blank gee the church is filling the blank today is The church is the bride of Christ. Let me read our text for today. It says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Watch this. Husbands, by the way, this is my least favorite verse in the Bible. Husbands, love your wives (laughs) the same as Christ loved the church. and gave gave his life for it. See, I love the love your wives part, but then when it's like love your wives the same way, Christ loved the church. I'm still working on that. He died to make the church holy. He used the telling of the good news to make the church clean by washing it with water. Christ died so that he can Give the church to himself like a bride in all her beauty. He died so that the church could be holy and without fault, with no evil or sin or anything wrong with it. Can I say this? When I, by the way, can you take out the the gate from the microphone and just put me a little bit high on the monitors? When I called out Lisa from the wilderness of Brooklyn to step into the promised land of staten island i called her out to meet my bride my prayer for you today is that you won't see yourself simply as a church member but that you will see yourself as the one who has been romantically selected by god to be his bride so lord jesus we thank you god we thank you for these moments that we get to share and spend with you lord god i pray Lord God, that as I share this word, that this may be more than just information that we are internalizing through our ears and through listening, but that these words may be words that are etched in our hearts so that our soul will be transformed. I pray that you help me preach this three-hour message in 30 minutes in Jesus' name. And everyone says, can we give God a shout of praise in this room? Okay, I want to I wanna quickly take us down memory, memory lane 10 years ago. Um, some of you that maybe not be familiar with me, my name is Rolando. I serve as a lead pastor here. Ten years ago, I married this gorgeous woman named Lisa. And I just want to put that up. Do we have that picture up? Um, look at that. Like, this was the wedding. I don't know if you notice, but there's a bald, handsome man right there by the name of Pastor Marquez who brought about the union of Lisa and and uh, Rolando and uh, yeah you know that's when Lisa was the happiest because I was over 300 pounds and she was a chubby chaser and so she's miserable now, she calls me Flacco I don't know where she gets the Flacco from but that's when Lisa was her, her happiest That's when. and uh, do we got the other pictures? we put that up, look at that, look at that gorgeous fine young lady as you can see I have grown older and as you can see Lisa looks the same come on Do we got another one? Wow, close-up. Look at look at that face. I mean, I made, come on, I made the right decision. Come on, somebody. Oh, I said Halle Berry, swipe left. J-Lo, swipe left. Lisa, come on down, swipe right. See, I got to see Lisa as as my bride that day. And when I saw her, this is the person who I pledged my love to. This is the uh, person who I, I, I made my vows to. And uh, it's amazing because um, it's in this moment. I remember she was coming down the aisle and I was just waiting for her. And can I tell you, like, I started crying. Like, I legit started crying. I looked at her and I was like, oh my God, this woman is gorgeous. Like, that's my, like That's mine right there. Like, I was looking at her coming down the aisle, and I'm like, oh, my God, this woman is absolutely gorgeous. I just kept thinking, like, that's, I, went, I was looking at Marquez. I was like, Marquez, that's mine right there. You see that right there? That's me. He's like, focus, bro, focus. Like, that's That's me. You know, and I just, I just, I was just completely blown away. This is a true story. I, I don't exaggerate. Sometimes I exaggerate from here, but that's because I'm a pastor. And but, but I'm not exaggerating one bit. I legit was blown away by Lisa's beauty. Like, I was just looking at her, and I was like, my goodness. Like, this woman is absolutely gorgeous, and I'm going to spend the rest of my life with her. And there was a, like, in that, it, it was crazy because the wedding almost didn't happen because there was a hurricane that took place. And I remember Pastor Marquez, he was like, are you sure? That you want to get married? He's like, because by the way, when there's a hurricane coming to your town, God might be telling you something. I'm just... He didn't say that, but, but Lisa did. Lisa was like, bro, are you sure the Lord said? I said, girl, thus saith the Lord that we're going to, you know what I'm saying, that we're going to get married today. You know what I mean? And I told her, I was like, listen, listen, the Red Sea can stand in front of us. We're going to get married today. We could be trapped in the lions and we're going to get married today. The walls of Jericho, they're going to come tumbling down because we're going to get married today. Like, we're going to get married today. And I love that because I'm telling you, like, there's something about weddings that are just amazing. That like, there's something about weddings that bring the tears of joy out of everybody like you know you know like when there's love in the air it gets you all googly and all excited like you have this amazing feeling because you know that there are two people that are just completely in love with each other there's two people that are absolutely devoted to one another and that's why we love weddings that that you see the bride and the groom coming together and they're pledging their love for one another and in the wedding the center of attention if you notice is the bride and it's as if all of the this was done for her all of this was done for the bride and I thought about that because I'm looking at the bride and her beauty and she's the center of attention you know exactly what I'm talking about because ladies you know you will wear a nice dress to a wedding but you won't wear your dress dress because you don't want to outdo the bride you know what I'm talking about you're like I can't wear that dress because you know like the ladies know what I'm talking about but absolutely completely blown away by her beauty and all this is for her and I just thought about that moment because it was a picture of Jesus that Jesus did all that he did for her that Jesus looked at her and Jesus looked at who he knew she would be called to be and he looked at her and that is the kind of picture that i believe first and foremost that god wants for his church the reason i titled this the church the bride of is the bride of christ is because i believe that the church is supposed to rem- resemble a beautiful gorgeous bride that is before him like this is the way that god wants to see This is the way God wants you to see yourself, that you're not just a church member, that you're you're not just a preacher, that you're not just a a worship leader, that you're not just an evangelist, that he wants you to see yourself not just a servant in the kingdom or, or, or a communicator in the kingdom. He wants you to see yourself as his beautiful, romantic bride. Like that's what he—that's what he wants you to see yourself as. And I, and I kept getting this picture. Like the Lord kept telling me, "He goes, tell my people that I didn't die for them, so that they can do something for me. I died for them primarily, so that they can be something to me." It's what he's saying. Like, like, man, what if the church saw itself as his bride? What if the church saw itself? Has its bride. And, And the scripture says Christ died so that he could give the church, watch this, like a bride in all her beauty. Why did Christ die? He cried. He died so that he can give you to himself. He died so that he can make the wedding possible. He died so that he can wash you, so that he can cleanse you, so that he can transform you, that he can sanctify you. But why, why, why? So it's not just to change you and transform you. It's because there was a wedding that needed to take place. And what Christ did was that he died to make the wedding possible. And he, he died, the groom died to, to evoke the beauty of the bride the groom died to evoke the beauty of the bride and that's why i'm, I'm looking i'm looking at us and i'm sometimes i sometimes think like man the church sometimes you know we we lessen all that jesus has done for us because oftentimes we're still operating in our ugliness and we're still seeing ourselves under the lens of our past But what Jesus, what we do is that we end up diminishing all that God has done in our perspective because he died to make you beautiful. Someone shout, I'm gorgeous. He died to make you beautiful. Someone shout, I'm gorgeous. I know sometimes it don't feel like it, but I'm gorgeous. I know sometimes it don't look like it, but I'm gorgeous. I know sometimes I don't act like it, but I'm gorgeous. He died to make the wedding possible. And in Ephesians chapter, he says he died in order to create. A perfect bride for himself. That he died to make a perfect bride for himself. Which is to say that Jesus Christ did not die for you because you were lovely, but he died for you and you became lovely. That Jesus didn't die for you because you were good, he died for you and you became good. That he didn't die for you because you were worthy, but he died for you, and then you became worthy. And I love the responsibility that you find in this text of the groom, because so often, traditionally, if you, know, if you know weddings, I got the privilege of putting people into holy matrimony together. It's one of my greatest joys, but it's the wife who is always, it's the bride who's always getting ready for the wedding. Emily's been getting ready to marry Justin Beaver, but now it's too late. How many you know, right, like the brides get they, they get ready, like you've been the bride has been ready, I'm telling you she was three years old watching Disney she knew, she was already waiting for her Prince Charming, she was getting herself ready, she was getting herself prepared and I get to see that all culminate in a wedding where you see the bride in all her splendor and all her glory and she's got her hair did, she got her eyelashes did, she got the fake ones because hers weren't good enough and so she threw the fake ones on there and then she got her makeup all done to cover all the blemishes. And she's looking good. She she lost five pounds just for that week to fit in the dress. She made sure that dress was in plastic and intact and it was taken care of just, just so that she can look presentable for the wedding. But can I tell you that in the kingdom, it's not the bride who gets herself ready for the wedding. In the kingdom, it's the groom who gets the bride ready for the wedding. You see, and, and watch this, watch this. and, and Because oftentimes. This is what happens. Look what it it says. It says, Christ loved the church. Hear me. He loved the church and he gave himself for her that he might sanctify her and cleanse her with the washing of the word. Christ died for her and he, he died for her, but he died so he can cleanse her with the washing of the word. Do you know that God every day is washing you and cleaning you and the way he's executing that is through his word. Every single day of your life, God is speaking life into you. Jesus the groom is speaking life into the bride. And so every time you hear a negative voice, don't attribute it to Jesus because what Jesus is doing, he's using words that will remind you of your righteousness, of your purity, of who He's called you to be. He says that He has done this through the through the washing of the word. You'll never hear Jesus, the groom, speak down to his bride. And oftentimes, we even look at that and we like we'll say the Holy Spirit is giving me pow pow. Jesus is he's putting the beats on me. No, what Jesus does is that according to. According uh, to John chapter 17, it says that the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin, but he will convict the disciples of righteousness. Do you know what that means? That every single day, if you have the Holy Spirit within you, he's reminding you that you are his bride. He's reminding you that there's a wedding. He's reminding you that your groom is the lover of your soul. And so let me tell you, when you walk down in your job, when you're at the coffee shop, it's the Holy Spirit who's telling you, listen, I love you. I love you. I love you, and I love you. Oh my God, you're amazing. Oh my God, you're brilliant. Oh my God, you're my righteousness. You are the reason that I died for, and the Holy Spirit is constantly speaking life into you. He's saying, hey, you don't have to be in that relationship because you are my bride. Hey, you don't have to be stuck in that addiction. You know why? Because you are my bride. You don't have to keep going back to your cyclical patterns because why you are my bride you don't have to keep returning back to the filth. why because you are my bride the holy spirit is washing you and sanctifying you how's he doing by letting you know that you are the apple of his eye by letting you know that you are his promise by letting you know that you were the joy that was set before him it's he's washing you he's cleansing you he's making you ready for the wedding Verse 27, it says that he might present her to himself as a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and without blemish, without fault. That she would be holy washes, that she would be holy without blemish and without fall. Did you see it? That the groom is getting the bride ready? Did you see it? That it's Jesus who's doing the cleansing? That it's Jesus doing the washing? That it's Jesus doing the sanctifying? That it's Jesus doing the washing and cleansing and and and, and wrinkle removing and stain removing? That it's Jesus the one that's making it happen? Like I know the picture that we have of marriage here is failed and it's flawed because we look at the picture of marriage here and it's 50. 50 you do your part i do my part but it is a distorted picture of what true marriage is watch this watch this in our picture of marriage the bride has to do her part and the groom does his part but in the kingdom it is the groom that's getting the bride ready See, see, us as as the bride of Christ, we have these tendencies that when something goes wrong, you know we, what we do? We try, to, we try to get ourselves ready. Oh, yeah, 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 we, we got to get ready for the wedding, and I got to make sure that I'm looking good for Jesus. And I got to make sure that he is happy with me and he's content with me. I got to make sure that I'm doing the right thing. And oftentimes, watch, watch what begins to happen. What begins to happen is that when we try to remove our own stains, we simply just make a bigger mess but he says i am the one that is removing the stains. I am the one that is removing the spots. It says that he might present her to himself as a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. See, we try to do our, our part, so we got our blemishes and we got our wrinkles and we got our unsanctified habits and we think it's our job to take care of it. But before we can come to Jesus, and this is, the, this is what we try to do before, before I come to Jesus, I got to make sure I got my blemishes out, I got my wrinkles out. And so we we, we take out the, the, the iron of our devotion, and we take out the stain remover of our uh, dedication, and we think that this sure will get me ready for the wedding. But according to Ephesians chapter 5, he goes, I want to let you know what the church is. The church is my bride, and you couldn't get yourself ready unless you died. But what I did is that I died. So that I can wash you, so that I can cleanse you, so that I can make you brand new, and so that you can be the perfect, beautiful bride to walk down the aisle as my queen. And, And I love it because it's the picture of Jesus. We see, if you remember in the Old Testament, Adam needed a bride. And the Bible says that it was not good for man to be alone. And what took place is that he had to put, in order to bring out the bride out of Adam, he had to put Adam to sleep. And when he put Adam to sleep, the Bible says that he pulled out Eve, or woman, out of him. Can I tell you that Jesus needed a bride? but in order to put him to in order to bring out the bride he had to put him to sleep on the cross and pull out the bride called the church in all her beauty in all her splendor in all her magnificence he did that to make the wedding possible and in isaiah and this is where i i, I want to finish this for us today in isaiah chapter 62 i want i want to show you this beautiful vow that is made by God to his bride as the worship team comes up. It says this, Because I love you, Zion, I will not keep still. Because my heart yearns for Jerusalem, I cannot remain silent. I will not stop praying for her until her righteousness shines like the dawn. And her salvation blazes like a burning torch. The nations will see your righteousness. World leaders will be blinded by your glory. And you will be given a new name by the Lord's own mouth. The Lord will hold you in his hand and all to see a splendid crown in the hand of God. Now, verse four. Listen to this. And never again will you be called the forsaken city or the desolate city. Never again will you be called that. You will never again be called the desolate city or the forsaken city. The next, the next uh, slide. World leaders will be blinded by your glory, and you will be given a new name by the Lord's own mouth. Continue. I'll read it from here. The Lord will hold you in His hand for all to see a splendid crown in His hand. Never again will you be called the forsaken city or the desolate city, but a new name will be the city washes. What does that say? The city of God's delight and the bride of God. For the Lord delights in you and he will claim you as his bride. Like, what if we had this image of ourselves? that we weren't just meant to come to church, but we were meant to be his church. And the primary way we are his church is by being his bride. It's by being the lover of God. It's by allowing God to be the lover of our soul. See, I think so many of us have just learned how to be church members. And we we see ourselves, even in the body of Christ, we see ourselves as, as sons and daughters of God we see ourselves as worshipers of God but I really felt like the Holy Spirit wanted to ask you today do you see yourself as his bride it's a whole different dynamic to a relationship when you are a bride and this is what the this is what um, Isaiah said through, through the words of God he says you will no longer be known as the forsaken city or the desolate city now catch this watch this <laughs> When I married Lisa, Lisa was named Lisa Roman. By the way, the Lord was telling her right then and there, Rose, your man, Roman. I'm just letting you. Lisa Roman. Okay? Watch this. My name is Rolando Remedios. That's a mouthful, I know. Rolando Remedios. Remedios means remedy in Spanish. When we joined together in holy matrimony, she took on another name. Essentially, she was given a new name. See, in Bible times, now watch this. In Bible times, catch this. You you didn't have a last name. You were known by the city where you were from. So in other words, Lisa would be known as Lisa from Sunset, Brooklyn. Come on. So we Pastor Marquez will be known Marquez from Patterson, New Jersey. John would be known as John from Sunset. You know what I mean? Reuben will be known as Reuben from Staten Island. You know what I mean? You would be known by the city where you were from. And this is how you were identified in ancient Jewish times. Your last name was the city that you were from. Catch this. So Saul was named Saul of Tarsus. Jesus is known as Jesus. Somebody thinks that Christ is his last name. Christ is his title. It's not his last name. But he was known as Jesus of Nazareth. That was his last name. That was his identification marker. That he is Jesus from Nazareth. Watch this look what god tells jerusalem he says you won't be known by the city that you used to be known for god changes the place where you come from he goes jerusalem i cannot remain silent in other words what he's saying i will not stop praying for you until her righteousness shines until her righteousness he said I'm not going to stop speaking into you I'm not going to stop speaking life into you until your righteousness and your splendor and your glory emanates and rises and shines in the door and her salvation blazes like a burning fire that the nations will see her righteousness the world leaders will be blinded by her glory and you will be given a new name from my mouth that the lord would hold you in his hand and all to see a splendid crown in her in the hand of god never again watch this never again will you be known as jerusalem the desolate city jerusalem the abandoned city jerusalem the city of the past jerusalem as the forsaken city he goes i'm going to change your last name to make the wedding possible you're not going to be known as Jerusalem the forsaken city you're now going to be known as Jerusalem the city of my delight you will now be known as Jerusalem the bride of God he goes and I'm going to claim it and I'm going to declare it I'm going to speak it over you until it happens why because he wants to make the wedding possible listen I don't know where you are here today but God wants to make the wedding possible what is he saying that he said I'm changing I'm changing the name that you're known for I'm changing the name that you associate with because I want you to identify as my bride no longer will you be known as Lisa Roman now you'll be known as Lisa Remedios because when they see the last name Remedios you are tied and you are marked and you are connected to a person his name Rolando guess what God does God changes your last name so that he can make the wedding possible and now you're not gonna be known as as John from the drug house you're gonna be known as John the bride of Christ You're not going to be known as Rolando, from The City of Pornography, you're going to be known as my Bride of Christ You're not going to be known Reuben as The City of Atheism, you're going to be known as my bride you're not going to be known as the man who was struggling with anxiety now you're going to be known as my bride You're not going to be known the person who was struggling with depression now you're going to be known as the bride of Christ is there anybody here in this place that can say oh I'm ready for the wedding I'm ready for the wedding I'm ready for the wedding watch this watch this we're done we're done we're done listen listen this. I try not to get excited just so I can get through the message proposing to you today he's proposing to you today today God gets on one knee and he says do you accept my invitation to be my bride you want to know how you do it how do you accept the ring can I show you can I show you how you accept the ring here it goes Romans chapter 12 Romans chapter 12. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, and you're walking around life and place it before God as an offering. How? How do I do that, Pastor Ro? Embracing what God has done for you is the best thing you could do for him you want to know what's the best thing you can do for god accept his invitation to be his bride You want to know what's the best thing all, but I got to make sure I fast, I got to make sure I pray, I got to make sure I No, no, no. He says, the best thing that you could ever do for me is simply just embrace everything that I've done for you. And I've died to bring about your beauty. I've died to bring about your healing. I've died so I can bring about your restoration so that you won't have to walk down the aisle all beat up, broken, disgusted, but that you will walk down the aisle and create radiating your beauty Because it's the splendor and it's the glory of Jesus Christ, alright. The church, the church is the bride. The church is the bride. And in the next few weeks, listen, we're gonna talk about what God has called us to do. We're gonna talk about how the church is the kingdom. We're gonna talk about how the church is family. And how the church is an unstoppable force. For the word of God says that the church, the gates of hell will not prevail against this church. But I would never set us up to focus on a church that does, does, does. Before a church that is just being the bride of Christ. I think that everything that God has called us to do more than he's called us to move. He's called us to be still before him. Listen to me. What would it look like today if we saw ourselves as his bride? For today, for today, what if we changed every image we had of how we need to correspond with God? And God says, I want you to correspond with me as if I am the lover of your soul, as if you have just received my last name, as if now I've made my wedding vows clear to you. I want you to be my exclusive love. It's not about rules. It's not about regulations. It's not about principles. Some people are afraid to come to church because they think it's about principles and they think it's about policies and they think it's about precepts. This wedding is not about that. This wedding is about a person that loves you. This wedding is about a person that will do anything to make the wedding possible. How can I not say yes to that? How can I not give my life to that? You want to know what the church is? The church is the bride. It's the bride of Christ. And he invites you today. He proposes to you today. And he says, would you expect my invitation to be my bride? Can we stand up on our feet in this hour? Once again, we want to thank you for tuning in. Subscribe now and stay connected to all of our latest messages. And if this message really blessed you, pass along the blessing by sharing it with a friend. We pray that you will be given the opportunity to apply this message and we hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. God bless.